Welcome to the podcast at the Hill. You are about to hear a message from Pastor Daniel Blaylock entitled "Run the Race" from our series "Hard Reset." Hebrews twelve one to three. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. May God bless the reading of his word. Would you pray with me? Lord, I pray you bless us today who've gathered out of love for you to open your word. I pray you'd anoint me as I preach, and I pray that an anointing would rest on us as a church as we hear and receive your word. Lord, may we be doers and not just hearers today. And Lord, may we build our lives on what you said, and we'll bless you and thank you for it in Jesus' strong name. And God's people all said, Amen. Amen. We've covered a lot of ground in this passage. We talked about losing the weight. Say the weight. There are some things in life that just hold us back from running the race. And some of them are sins that trip us up and we need to deal with those. And some of them are just dead weight, things that slow us down. They're not sin in and of themselves, but they are hindrances and they get in our way. We talked about time wasters and budget busters and energy drainers. And we spent a Sunday morning on that topic, right? And then we talked about a couple weeks ago, the second command in the passage is run the race. We're called to run the race with endurance. And that if we're going to endure, endurance, amen, requires effort and it requires encouragement, right? We need to put forth our best effort and we need to be part of God's church so the church can encourage us and strengthen us in our walk with God. And we can stay strong in the fight. Effort, endurance, encouragement. Well, today we're going to unpack the final command, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And today the command is simply... Fix your eyes, look unto Jesus, fixing your gaze on Him. And that's the title of today's message, Fix Your Gaze. Say that with me. Fix Your Gaze. All through the Word of God, we're told that whatever has our attention has us. Amen? Whatever's got my attention has got me. As a man thinks in his heart, so is that man. We are what we think about most and all of the time. Whatever you meditate on, whatever has your thoughts, has you. And so if we're going to move ahead for God, we have to have our eyes fixed on Jesus. We have to have our attention set on God and the things of God. And we have to be looking to our Savior today. Amen? You know, you can get in trouble if your eyes are not on the right thing. Years ago, I heard the story about a, a, a crossing guard on the U.S.-Mexico border. And he was there on his bicycle. And there was a guy named Pedro Gonzalez who stopped by every day. And he was on his bike. And he had two bags on his shoulders. And the crossing guard just knew Pedro Gonzalez was smuggling something across the border into Mexico every day from the U.S. But he couldn't figure out what it was. He checked the bags and the bags were full of sand he'd open the bag up and sand sand he finally dumped the bags out nothing but sand in the bags Pedro would smile and say are you done and the security guard would say well I guess so I guess you can cross 
I know that you're doing something though. You've got something up your sleeve. And so the man would scoop the sand back into his bags, tie the bags up, and go back across the border. Well, this went on for three or four days. The man would come back and forth. Two weeks, the man would come back and forth. He stopped him every time. Sand in his bags. Nothing in his bags. He'd take his bike, go across. The security guard could not figure out what in the world is this man up to. Finally, he got reassigned to a different spot on the border and he didn't see, uh, he didn't see Pedro Gonzalez anymore. But one day, while off duty, he walked into Pedro in the local Walmart. He walked up and introduced himself and Pedro said, oh, I remember you. And he said, listen, man, I'm off duty and I promise you I won't turn you in. I won't tell a soul. It's driving me crazy. I've just got to know. What were you smuggling into Mexico? Pedro slapped a big old grin on his face and he said, bicycles. <laughs> the crossing guard got so focused on the sandbags that he didn't realize Pedro was on a different bike every day. <laughs> He's just bringing them over every day. You know, when you get your eyes on the wrong thing, when your focus is not in the right place, you can get into a lot of trouble. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We have to have our eyes on the Lord, amen? We keep our, the message says it this way, Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished the race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. We have to follow Jesus. Amen? If we're going to follow Jesus, then number one, we've got to look away. Say, look away. The Greek verb for looking unto Jesus is literally the word look away to. It's this idea of taking your eyes off something and fixing your eyes on something. It's not just looking, but it is deliberately turning away from some other things. The Greek word is, is aphorontes, and the apo on the front means away, turn away from something. And then look at something. Look away. Say look away. In order to look to Jesus, we must look off some other things. Look away from anything that would distract us or divert our attention. Proverbs 4, 25 and 27 says it this way. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. Amen? If we don't look away, then I tell you what we'll end up doing. Number one, we'll end up looking back. Say looking back. If you don't look to Jesus, you'll start looking back. You'll start looking behind you. You'll get so focused on your past mistakes and regrets, what you did, what somebody did to you, and you will not be able to run the race. You can lose the race by looking back. Did you know that? You can lose the race by looking back. On May the 6th of 1954, a very famous runner named Roger Bannister became the first man in history to run a mile in less than four minutes. But within two months, another man named Roger Landy had beat his record by 1.4 seconds. The next time they met together, it was in 1954 at a historic race. And they were going to determine which of these two guys, Bannister or Landy, was the fastest one to run the race. Which one was going to do it? 
Well, as they moved into the last lap, Landy held the lead. He looked over his shoulder. He'd won the race once, but he looked over his shoulder as he neared the finish line. And he was haunted by the question, where is Bannister? How close is he to me? And he made the mistake of just for a second taking his eyes off the finish line and glancing over his shoulder. And when he did, he slowed down just enough. What he didn't know was Bannister was in a dead heat right beside him. And in that split second, when he turned his head, Bannister, with his eyes fixed on the goal, passed him and beat him by that much. You can lose the race by looking back. Say, don't look back. There's no future in the past. Don't look back. Don't turn your head. The Bible says, forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forward to what is ahead. I press toward the mark of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. The Lord said to Lot, look not behind thee, Genesis 19 and 17. Lot, get out and don't even look back. The Bible says that Lot's wife looked back and was turned into a pillar of salt. Jesus mentions her once in Luke 17, 32. He simply says, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Jesus said in Luke 9.62, Nobody having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. If you've ever had hold of a tiller and worked in a garden, you know what happens. You've got to fix your eyes on a point out in front of you and you've got to push that tiller until you get to the end of that row. If you look over here and over here, your row will look like you've been chasing a snake as you go down that field, right? You have to fix your eyes. You have to lock your attention. You can't be looking back. If you look back, you'll trip up and you won't make the goal. In the wilderness, the Israelites looked back. Over and over again, every time things would get difficult, they would look at Moses and say, let's go back to where? We just want to go back to Egypt. Oh, Moses, we had it good in Egypt. We sat around pots full of meat. We had plenty to eat. We were well taken care of in Egypt. What a lie. You were slaves in Egypt. You probably seldom had meat to eat in Egypt. And you weren't free. And now God is leading you to a great land. But they wanted to go back. Psalm 78 and 41 says, They turned again and tempted and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They looked back and spoiled their furrow that they were plowing. They spoiled their whole course. They failed to enter the promised land simply because they looked in the wrong direction. They looked back. Say, don't look back. And don't look around either. Sometimes it's not the past that trips us up. It's the present that trips us up. It's our circumstances. It's what's going on around us right now. We get so distracted with what is that we lose sight of the future and the race that we're running. When you're running a race, you don't look down at your feet. You look forward to the finish. Amen. If you look at your feet, you'll trip and break your neck. You've got to look ahead. We can't just look around. Isaiah 41.10, look not around thee. He said, don't look back. And he said, don't look around. Amen. We're supposed to be looking forward. This is what happened to Simon Peter in Matthew 14. The Bible said, 
Jesus came walking on the water. And Matthew records that Peter says, Jesus, if that is you, bid me join you on the water. And Jesus said, come on, join me. And so Peter got out of the boat and walked to Jesus on the water. But the Bible says in verse 29, when Peter had come down out of the boat and walked on the water to go to Jesus, he saw that the wind was boisterous and he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. What happened to him? He got in trouble when he saw the wind. You can't look at the wind and look at Jesus at the same time. You're either looking at the waves or you're looking at the master of the waves. You're either focused on the circumstances or you're focused on the Savior. You're focused on your life or you're focused on your Lord, but you can't be focused on both. Because unless you're cross-eyed, you can't look two places at the same time. Amen? (laughs) Amen. You and I are called to have a single vision, to look ahead. We read it in Proverbs. Let your eyes look straight before you. Set a straight course for your feet. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Amen? Sometimes we look back. Sometimes we look around. There's a lie in our culture today that says you ought to look within. Say look within. This is what I call the Oprah religion of our day. All you need is deep inside of you, right? Sing it, Mariah Carey. There's a hero deep inside of you. And we all sing along, right? Light our phones and sing that mess. Amen. Most of us have lived long enough to know what's inside of us, right? And if we look within, we won't find what we need. Most of us have lived alone enough to realize the answer's not buried somewhere down inside of me, amen? You can look all you want to and there's nothing more in there than was already in there. The Bible says what's in there is a depraved heart. What's in there is a heart that is deceitful and deceives us and lies to us. And until we let Jesus in and that heart gets born again and he puts something in there that wasn't already in there, there's no point looking around down there, amen? Now, if you, the only way you ought to look within is if the Holy Spirit lives in you, and then you're not looking to you, you're looking to Him. You're listening for His voice. You're, you're listening to hear what He's going to say. We can't be looking within. We've got to be looking unto Jesus. That's what the text says. Look to Jesus. Amen? He tells us to do this. We are to look to Him. Oprah religion says, just look within. The answer's inside of you. Search deep within your own heart. But Corey Ten Boom, that great saint who survived the concentration camps of Germany, said this, If you look at the world, you will be distressed. If you look within, you will be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you will be at rest. I like that. If you want to be at rest, look to Jesus. We've got to look away. Say, look away. And then secondly, we've got to look unto Jesus. Look to Jesus. Say, unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The New American Standard says, fixing your eyes on Jesus. Two boys were playing in the snow one day, and they got into a dispute about which one can make the straightest path in the snow. His companion was readily accepting of the challenge and said, I'll bet you that I can make a straighter path than you. One boy fixed his eyes on a tree, and he walked along without taking his eyes off of it. When he had gone a short distance, though he turned and looked back to see how straight his course was, he went a little further and then looked back to check again. He did this two or three times. When they finally got to their stopping place, they both turned around and looked back. One path was straight as an arrow. The other had changed course slightly three or four times. 
How did you get your course so straight? The boy who hesitated asked the other one. The boy said, well, I just set my eyes on the tree and I kept walking until I got to the end. You stopped and looked back and every time you paused, you got slightly out of course. Friend, you can't look back, you can't look around, you can't look within. You've got to look to Jesus. Our attention must be on Jesus. You can't get stuck in what happened to you. You can't get stuck in how bad you messed up. Some of you are here today. Listen to me. Some of you walked with the Lord and you got, you got off track somewhere along the way. And you came back to Jesus. You re-found your, your standing in the house of God. You came back to the church. You prayed. You got things right. You asked God to forgive your sins. And you're trying to walk this way again. Listen to me. Don't let the enemy keep bringing up your past. Don't let him. Because if you keep looking back, you'll mess up again. Listen to me. Jesus has forgiven your sins. If you have asked him to, they are under the blood of Jesus. They are gone. Don't look back. Don't think about them. And when the devil reminds you of them, you tell him that's under the blood. It's gone. Amen. We buried that this morning in the waters of baptism. It's gone. And you don't have to look back at that anymore. It's gone. It's buried. It's dead. You left it behind you. Don't get focused on that. Fix your eyes on Jesus and walk confidently into the future. Good athletes don't focus on the noisy crowd in the stands. Good athletes don't even listen to the overbearing parent trying to coach from the sidelines. You ever met that parent? Dad's down there and man, he's louder than the coach, right? Good athletes don't listen to him. Why? Because at the end of the game, daddy's not going to be in the locker room. Coach is. And daddy doesn't decide if you get to play next week. The coach decides if you go back in the game. Listen to the coach. And so we fix our eyes on Jesus. Not not other people. We listen to what Jesus says. He's the coach. In a race in ancient times, the judge would stand at the finish line so he could get a clear clear view of who actually crossed the line first. He would stand there and he would hold a garland crown in his hand to lay on the head of the winner. That's the picture that the writer of Hebrews has in mind. Where is Jesus? He is standing at the finish line calling to us, come on, run, you've got this. Come on to the When you get there, he will crown you with a victor's crown. He will lay on your head the garland of victory that says you've run the race. Amen? Paul says this at the end of his life. He said, for the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And because of that, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not to me only, but to all those who have loved his appearing. When you get to the finish line, the race judge has a crown for you for finishing. Amen? The word says, fix your eyes. Say fix. The Greek word is aphorao. It means to consider attentively. To look away from everything else and focus all your attention on one object. You see, when your eyes are focused, you don't veer off the road, right? Some of you drive by Braille. You think that's those, what those things on the side of the road are for, right? You got, uh-huh. You drive down the road like this right here. And then you feel that thing, and you pull back over. How do you know I've been behind you? Amen. Amen. You better hope Officer Bobby Lunsford up there doesn't get behind you, amen? (laughs) Amen. Whenever you're focused, you don't veer off the road. I want to tell you there's lots of things that will try to get your attention in life, but you've got to keep your gaze fixed on Jesus or you will fall to 
you will become a victim. You ha- listen, you steer clear of potholes when you're focused. If you're fiddling with the radio or you're looking at your phone, all of a sudden you'll hit a pothole, man, and you'll lose control of the car. But you see those potholes coming, and you can correct your course. When you're focused on Jesus and you're looking ahead, you can see what's in front of you and you can miss the big potholes of life. You have a warning that they're on the way. You avoid dark areas when your eyes are fixed, right? You don't get off in places where you can't see. You don't go off the side. Well, I'm going to tell you, when your eyes are fixed on Jesus, he'll keep you out of dark places. Amen? Amen. You don't go where you, don't, where you shouldn't go. Hear me today. You and I are called today to fix our eyes on Jesus we should fix our eyes why well because he's the author of our salvation say he's the author in the story of the brazen serpent in the Bible they were snake bitten because of their rebellion against God but God loved them and was merciful to them and told Moses to put a brazen serpent a brass snake on a pole and everyone who looked at it in faith would be healed of their snake bite The Bible tells us that that is a symbol of Jesus. You and I are dying in our sin, snake-bitten by our own rebelliousness against God, suffering the wages and punishment of sin. John 3.14 says, But just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. We are saved by looking unto Jesus. How did you get saved? You looked to Jesus. You cried out to Him. You believed that His death on the cross was enough to pay the price for your sin. When you trust in Jesus, He rescues you from your sin. Just like those people were healed of their snake bite by looking in faith. When you fix your eyes on Jesus, when you fasten your faith on the cross, you are saved from sin. We sang it this morning, so I'll cherish the old rugged till I exchange it one day for a crown. There's salvation in the cross of Jesus. Amen? Amen. The story is told of a man named Charles Spurgeon, very famous preacher from yesterday, led thousands in England to the Lord under his pulpit. Spurgeon was a Reformed Baptist, but he got saved in a little primitive Methodist church. On a Sunday morning, under conviction, not right with God, he got out, looked church to find out how to be saved. There was a snowstorm that morning and so Spurgeon couldn't get to the church he was trying to reach. On the way he spotted a little bitty chapel for a primitive Methodist church. Primitive Methodist. They were loud. They shouted like we do here. They made people a little nervous. They preached hard about holiness and they preached the message of the cross very strong. And Spurgeon stumbled in the back door. The preacher couldn't even make it that morning because he was snowed in. So an old deacon got up and opened the Bible and read one verse and made commentary about that verse. He opened his Bible that morning and read Isaiah 45 and 22. Look unto me and be saved all the ends of the earth. And he said, you know what? You don't have to be smart to look. You don't have to have an education to look. Anybody can look. And if you'll look to Jesus, he'll save you. He said, it's not based on your works. It's based on your faith. You don't have to earn salvation. You just have to look unto Jesus in faith believing. And Spurgeon said, that man fixed his eyes on me. And he looked at me and said, young man, you look very miserable. Spurgeon said, well, I did. But I wasn't used to people commenting on that from the pulpit. And the man looked at him and said... But the blow was true. He struck my heart and the man finished and said, And you will always be miserable. Miserable in life and miserable in death unless you obey this verse and look 
unto Jesus for salvation. And he said that morning the Holy Spirit found his mark and my heart broke and my eyes came open and for the first time in my life I understood the gospel and that the only hope for me to be was not trying to impress God by my works, but looking unto Jesus, believing that the cross was enough to pay the price for sin, and that if I'd cry out to him, he'd forgive me and rescue me and give me a new life. And he said that morning, I looked unto Jesus, and Jesus saved me in the back of that little primitive Methodist church. You look unto Jesus for salvation. Amen? Say salvation. He's the author of salvation, the author of our faith, the writer of Hebrews says. But number two, he's the source of our motivation. I got saved by looking to Jesus, and I'm going to run this race by looking to Jesus. He doesn't, it's not just how we start, it's how we run all along the way. We don't just look to Jesus on the day that we get saved. We fix our eyes on Jesus. We keep our eyes on Jesus. We constantly focus our attention on Christ. This is how you run. This is how you persevere. You don't get distracted. You don't let your gaze or your attention be pulled by life. You don't look back. You don't look around. You look on Him. You fix your gaze on Him. Verse 3, consider Him. Say, consider Him. Think about Him. Meditate on Him. Think about Jesus. Consider Him who endured such hostility from sinners against Himself. And if you do, guess what? You won't get weary and discouraged in your soul. The only way to not give up is to think about Jesus. If you except to other people, you'll say, well, they don't have it as hard as I do. But nobody can look at Jesus and say that. I don't care how hard your track is. It's not harder than the one Jesus had to run. Consider him. If he could endure the cross, then you can endure Monday morning. If he can be nailed to Calvary, you can put up with whatever you're putting up with. Oh, but they talked about me, talking about you. Bless your sweetheart. Well, I got passed over for a promotion because I was a Christian. If you didn't wake up on a cross, you've got it better than he had it. Look unto Jesus. Square your shoulders. Suck it up, buttercup. Amen? Grow up in the things of God. Get you some spiritual maturity. Fix your eyes on the one who was nailed to the cross and look unto Jesus. But pastor, I'm a slave to my flesh. If Jesus was able to endure the cross, you can crucify your passions and your desires and you can submit them under the rule of the Holy Ghost and you can live the life that God's called you to live. How do you do it? Looking unto Jesus. He's the author of our salvation and the source of our motivation. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. George Matheson wrote, We commonly associate patience with lying down. We think of it like the angel who guards the couch of the invalid. There's patience in that, but there's a harder patience. It's the patience to run. Listen, we can lie down in the time of grief. We can be quiet under the stroke of adverse fortune. That's a great strength, but there's a greater strength, he says. The power to work under stress, but to have a great weight on your heart and still run. To have deep anguish in your spirit and still perform the daily task required of you. It is like Jesus. It is the hardest thing that most of us are called to exercise our patience. Not in the sick bed, but in the street. Patience is not sitting down quietly waiting. Perseverance is actively running the race when every muscle in your body is screaming out for you to quit. How are you going to make it? How does any runner make it? 
you fix your eyes on the finish line. And when your body says stop now, your faith says we'll stop there. I don't want to run anymore. No, we're going to run until we cross that line up there in front of us. When can I stop? When you get to that line up there, that's when you can stop. But you won't ever make it if you don't keep your eyes. You've got to fix your eyes on the finish. Say fix your eyes. We must fix our eyes. He is our hope of preservation. He's the finisher of our faith. He died to save us and he lives to keep us. Philippians 1.6, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Jude 24, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Jesus can keep us, but we've got to keep our eyes on him. The story is told of a, of a swimmer. She had swam many great distances. She swam the English Channel. But she had this one race where she was going to swim from Catalina Island back to the mainland of California. And she tried it one day and she almost made it. But she gave up within half mile of the California coastline. When the paper interviewed her and said, why? Why did you give up? You've swam further before. Why did you give up? Why didn't you make it? You were so close. And she said, it was a foggy morning and I could not see the coastline. I had no idea how close I was. If I had only known, if I could have seen the land, she said, I could have kept going. My friend, if you're going to make it in the Christian life, you're going to have to have your eyes fixed on something that motivates and sustains you, that you can pay attention to, and so that you don't get distracted or lost. I want to tell you, friend, we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Because when everything else screams for us to quit, if we will fix our attention on Him, He will encourage us to stay the course. Amen? Amen. I want you to stand with me all over the house today. Don't be distracted by the things of the world. Keep running. Don't look back. Don't look around. Fix your eyes on Jesus. In Jesus, there's full acceptance, so don't doubt Him. In Jesus, there's peace, so trust Him. In Jesus, there's life, so remain in Him. In Jesus, there's blessing, so delight in Him. In Jesus, there's light, so follow Him. In Jesus, there's power, so wait on Him. In Jesus, there's truth, so learn from Him. In Jesus, there's grace, so receive from Him. In Jesus, there's joy, so rejoice in Him. In Jesus, there's unlimited wealth, so depend on Him. In Jesus, there's strength, so lean on Him. But fix your gaze on Jesus. Say, fix your gaze. I want to tell you, if you'll fix your eyes on Jesus, He'll lead you through every step of the journey. The first place you see Him is at the cross. Fix your eyes on the cross. He'll save you from your sin. Well, then what do I do? Follow him to his grave. You've got a grave. It's called the waters of baptism. Bury your past. And then follow him on resurrection morning and leave your old life behind and walk in newness of life. And then follow him out to the hillside of Olivet and watch him disappear into the clouds where he ascends to heaven to be your intercessor. And then follow his disciples to an upper room where the Holy Ghost will fill you and strengthen you to live the Christian life. Follow him. Follow him all the way. I want to tell you, and if you'll follow and keep your eyes on Jesus here, then there'll come a day whenever, like Stephen, as you get ready to draw your last breath, you'll look up and you'll see heaven open, and there standing at the right hand of God will be the Lord Jesus with his arms stretched out like that judge holding the crown saying, come on, just a little bit further. Run, run. You've almost made it. You've almost made it. Keep on coming. Keep on going. You've got this. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author, the motivator, the finisher, perfecter of our faith. He's our anchor. He will keep us 
if we'll keep our eyes on him. Where's your attention today? Are you discouraged? Are you downhearted? You can trust in Jesus. Don't look around you. Let me close with this, and we're about to sing. Don't look back, and don't look around. Some of you here today haven't surrendered your heart to Jesus because you're looking back. Say, look back. You've been looking back. You you believe there's something in your past that is so bad or so damaging that it disqualifies you from being a Christian. That is a lie from the enemy. It is not true. For you to hold on to the back of that pew this morning and say, I can't become a Christian because of something in my past is like looking at God and saying the cross wasn't enough. The blood wasn't enough. The death of your son wasn't enough. Pastor, I don't believe that. Well, that's what you're saying by not coming. I want to tell you, if you believe that Jesus died and that God raised him from the dead, God raising him from the dead means he accepted his death as payment for your sin. So there's not one thing you've done that can keep you from being a Christian if you'll come repent and get it under the blood of Jesus this morning. The cross was enough. Stop looking back. Some of you are here this morning and you've just about gotten ready to give up and throw in the towel and stop running this Christian race. You're a believer and you love the Lord, but you've gotten so weary and discouraged in your heart from the trial you're in right now. I want to tell you today, stop looking around. Say, don't look around. Don't look back. Don't look around. Fix your eyes on Jesus today. Get your eyes back on the Lord. Get your eyes off people. People will fail you and disappoint you. Get your eyes off your circumstances. They will make you feel like you're going to go under. Don't look at the waves, Simon Peter. You can't walk on the water looking at the waves. But you can walk on the water with your eyes on Jesus. Jesus can lift you above your circumstances. But you've got to fix your gaze on him today. You fix it and leave it there. That's why we come to church every week. That's why we pray every day. That's why we read God's word as often as we can. Why? Because that's how we fix our eyes. Everything is pulling for our attention. And when everything tries to distract us, it is a discipline to turn our attention back and say, No, no, I will not get distracted. I won't look back at the drugs that I used to do. I won't look back at the sexual sin I used to be bound by. I won't look back at the alcohol bottle I used to reach to. I'm not looking back. I'm looking unto Jesus. And whenever you get discouraged, you can look and say, I'm not looking at my unpaid stack of bills. I'm not looking at the pink slip from my employer. I'm not looking at the cancer diagnosis that the doctor gave me. I'm not looking at this. I'm not looking at my circumstances. I'm not looking at the brokenness of my marriage. I'm not looking at the dysfunction of my family. I'm looking unto Jesus. If you'll fix your eyes on him today, he'll help you. You can run this race. God enabled others to do it. He will enable you to do it. He died to save you, and he lives to keep you. Amen. Bow your heart with me this morning. Don't look back. Don't look around. Look to Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray this morning for every man and woman under my voice that, Lord, today if there's one here who's not right with God and the devil has lied to them and told them there's some sin that they've committed, something that they've done that disqualifies them forever from being a child of God. I pray today that, Lord, the message of the cross would blow through that. I pray that the gospel would explode that myth and shatter that lie and their heart would be set free today and they would know that, Lord, they can be forgiven. They can be saved this morning. and They'd come running to Jesus. Lord, I pray today for the believer who's discouraged and downtrodden that today would be the day 
that they say, I am not looking within, I'm not looking around, I'm not going to focus on my circumstances, I can't fix all of this, I'm overwhelmed. But Lord, I'm going to look to you, I'm going to fix my attention on you. In Jesus' name, help us fix our eyes, fasten our gaze on Jesus. In your name we pray, God's people say, amen. Before we go very quickly, the altar's open. If you need to trust Jesus as Savior, come and meet us at this altar. Someone will meet you right here and pray with you this morning. If you're a believer and you're discouraged and need someone to help you pray, to get your heart back focused on Jesus, let us pray with you this morning. Let us help lift your head from the circumstances to the Savior. Let us pray with you this morning. The altar's open. Not celebrate with us the fact that the one who died to save us lives to keep us. Let's rejoice in Thank you for listening to our podcast at The Hill. We pray that you are blessed by this message. For more information on what's happening at The Hill and to stay connected, visit our website at foresthillcog.org, join our Facebook page, facebook.com slash foresthillcog, or download our app from the iTunes or Google Play Store.